So hello everybody. Hello and welcome to Essex Church where this community known as Kensington Unitarians meets each week for worship as well as other activities during the week. This is a community created by all who walk through our doors. So whether this is somewhere completely new to you or a place where you feel you have your spiritual roots, I hope you feel really welcome here this morning. You're all invited to stay for tea and coffee after the service and there'll be an opportunity to speak in our, our regular candles of joy and sorrow. I invite you to take a moment now to take breath and take stock. For some, there has been a very long journey to get here. Allow your every molecule to settle here now. We have set this hour aside to spend together in words and music and silence. It's a time for reflection a time for our thoughts to drift off perhaps or to be more focused and alert. But may we all in this next hour find something of that which we seek in our own lives, something that will help us move forward or perhaps to find balance or clarity, whatever you need this day. <coughs> Jacob Trapp writes about worship and I wonder if any of his thoughts chime with your reasons for being here this morning. To worship, he says, is to stand in awe under a heaven of stars, before a flower, a leaf in sunlight or a grain of sand. To worship is to be silent, receptive, before a tree astir with the wind or the passing shadow of a cloud. To worship is to work with dedication and with skill. It's to pause from work and listen to a strain of music. To worship is to sing with the singing beauty of this earth. It's to listen through a storm to the still, small voice within. Worship is a loneliness seeking communion. It's a thirsty land crying out for the rain. Worship is kindred fire within our hearts. It moves through deeds of kindness and through acts of love. Worship is the mystery within us reaching out to the mystery beyond. It is an inarticulate, yearning silence. It is the window of the moment, open to the sky of the eternal. Our chalice is lit, its simple flame, connecting us with progressive religious communities the world over, all of us knowing we are one human race, living on one glorious planet, one life force coursing through all that exists. How then should we treat one another? Surely with justice 
and gratitude and the greatest of love. For we are all one, one busy, productive, exuberantly creative existence. Welcome, welcome to you all. I always think if you can um, find somebody who can read better than yourself, then really it's best to grab them. So we, we, we have other actors in our congregation, but a, an actor from Dublin we don't often get. So I'm going to ask Dennis Conway to come and read to us now a piece by Matt Haig. Good morning. Um, I'm going to read from this book by Matt Haig called Reasons to Stay Alive. Um, Matt had uh, terrible depression and thought he couldn't go on. And uh, this is from, I'm sure we, we can all relate to different things in this. Um, he, he um, oh by the way, greetings from Dublin Unitarian Congregation. Um, so this chapter is called um, Things I Have Enjoyed Since the Time I Thought I Would Never Enjoy Anything Again. And he writes, Sarah has edited this down because it's quite long. So he writes, Things I Have Enjoyed Since I Never Thought I'd Enjoy Anything Again. Sunrises, sunsets, the thousand suns and worlds that aren't ours but shine in the night sky. Books, cold beer, fresh air, dogs, horses, yellowing paperbacks, skin against skin at one in the morning, cold swimming pools, oceans, seas, rivers, lakes, fjords, ponds, puddles, roaring fires, pub meals, sitting outside and eating olives, the lights fading in the cinema with a bucket of warm popcorn in your lap, music, love, unabashed emotion, rock pools, swimming pools, peanut butter sandwiches, talking to the person who knows you best, Picnic, picnics, boat rides, watching my son being born, country music, the Beach Boys, watching old soul singers on YouTube, lists, Sitting on a bench in the park on a sunny day. Meeting writers I love. Foreign roads. Watching every Hitchcock movie. Cities twinkling at night as you drive past them as if they are fallen constellations of stars. Laughing. Yes. Laughing so hard it hurts. Laughing as you bend forward and as your abdomen actually starts to hurt from so much pleasure, so much release. And then as you sit back and audibly groan and inhale deeply, staring at the person next to you, mopping up the joy. Reading an old Graham Greene book, running down hills, Christmas trees, painting the walls of a new house, 
dancing at three in the morning vanilla fudge my children's terrible jokes watching geese and goslings on the river reaching an age I never thought I'd reach talking to friends talking to strangers talking to you There's such a poignancy in a list like that, isn't there? And I wonder what you would have on your lists. And so I invite you now to join me in a time of um, shared prayer and reflection in which I call on the divine spirit of life and of love to be with us now and to bless all that we do and say together here this day. Let's give thanks for the beauty of this day, for the earth on which we live, and for the gifts we have been given. The times in which we live are often turbulent. We hear so much of the world's problems and we can feel so helpless in the face of these seemingly irresolvable dilemmas, both in our own lives as in the life of the world. Yet just as water shaken up in a jar will eventually settle, let us, as best we can, now allow ourselves to settle, to have a sense of calm within. And from a peaceful place inside ourselves, let each of us connect with that which we hold to be sacred. The great mystery of all that is beyond words, beyond understanding, a place of deep knowing within us. And from this place of deep and peaceful knowing, I invite you to direct your thoughts, your prayers to, to all that matters to you. Your loved ones. The challenges in your own life. to this community and to all the other communities that shape your living. And if you will, extend your circle of care and concern outwards to the issues of our day 
and especially to people and places where life is an uphill struggle. We might imagine a circle of light like our circle of lit candles on the table here. Imagining a circle of light surrounding these difficulties and dilemmas. And bringing a gift of fresh hope, fresh insight, fresh creativity. And may this, as always, be so for the greater good of all. Amen. This service is all about creation spirituality and um, if you go online you'll be able to find um, an essay written by somebody called Grace Blindell. I've not managed to find out as much about her as I intended to but she certainly has a connection with our um, Brighton Unitarian congregation and she's very involved with the creation spirituality movement in this country. I'll be talking a bit more about that in a moment but the creation spirituality movement evolved into something called green spirit and they have some wonderful resources online there are a network of people celebrating the human spirit in the context of our place in the natural world i think that's something that's dear to many of our hearts um, and they're bringing together aspects like science with its rigor, the creativity of artistic expression, a passion for social action, and the wisdom of spiritual traditions throughout all the ages. Um, they believe that human life has both a, an ecological and a spiritual dimension. And actually, I've, I've put these, I, I really like how she expressed it. It's on this green hymn sheet. She describes five subtle transformations in perception in this essay. And I suspect, I don't know about you, but these really spoke to me and I think we're probably all well along this path. So I'm going to paraphrase what she actually wrote. Um, but the first subtle uh, transformation in perception that she describes is from consumer to partaker. So no longer taking all that we can grab on this earth. No, we are partaking together in all that we have been given. And so we are not take, 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 taking. We're part of all that is. We are aware of our mutual interdependence. Because a partaker only takes what is fair and just. They don't get more and more. Her second subtle transformation is from observer to participant. So we're not just looking on to an inanimate world. Uh, no, we're not detached. We know our complete interconnectedness and interdependence. We participate. We partake. We are responsible members of the Earth community. I liked her next subtle transformation, which is from a tourist to a pilgrim. A tourist walks around looking on 
uh, things that are different from. A pilgrim is in deep connection with the holiness of, of the earth on which they're walking. I'm touched by our visitors and how they, their love of London and England. That, I think that's the attitude she's looking for. And finally, from masters to co-creators, so we're no longer in charge, we're part of the whole caboodle, and from doers to listeners, that we are listening in to the deep undercurrents of the whole of existence, rather than simply making things happen here on Earth. So I highly recommend that essay to you. You can find it online. She ends... So we are no longer an embattled species in an alien world, no. We see ourselves as responsible co-creators using all our wisdom and compassion to work with and not against nature. We now face our greatest challenge, she says. How do we exercise that gift of self-conscious awareness that we possess? Words from Grace Blindell. And we thought we'd need some time to think about all of that. So we're going to enjoy some uh, music from pianist Eric Sarty. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. 
Just a few words now to guide us into a time of shared stillness together. You might want to put down anything you don't need or hold on to something that you do want to hold on to. And find as comfy a position as you can. If you find the sun burning down upon you, because these, these roof lights can be a bit relentless, do move around and get yourselves comfy. You might uh, want to soften your gaze or close your eyes, whatever is right for you. And, and as always in any Unitarian activity, please feel free to think your own thoughts. But, but if you wish, I invite you to consider the gift of life and what that means to you. For what, for what are you grateful in this life? We'll spend a, a few minutes now in the Fellowship of Silence. We'll, we'll be aware of sounds outside in the street, the rustlings here in this room and in the garden where birds are very busy feeding their young. Yet despite all that, we can still, I think, find some still reflective part of us. And this time of silence comes to an end with a chime from our bell. I'm going to have to text Bob and tell him that we sang that. He's going to be so pleased. It's a lovely hymn. Um, the the V&A, the Victoria and Albert Museum, is just a, a walk across the park from here. And there's an exhibition there that's just started of the Mexican artist Frida Kahlo got a few of her paintings but lots of her personal possessions clothes magnificent clothes jewelry magnificent jewelry and then her medical corsets which she decorated the incredibly expressive pieces and her false leg complete with brightly colored red high-heeled shoe because you may know that Carlo's life was shaped by illness and accident, but it was shaped also by far more, I would say, by her use of art and artistry to express herself and her experiences of the world. She used art to make sense of who she was and what occurred in her 47, I think, years of life. 
Now, one wall of the exhibition is covered with paintings made on small rectangles of tin. These are votive paintings, known, I think, in, in Spanish as retablos, collected by Carlo and her husband, painter Diego Rivera, from churches all across Mexico. Now, each of these little paintings is a way of giving thanks. They generally show a gruesome occurrence, a car crash, a fall from a horse, a battle scene, a nasty fight outside a cafe, a, a deathbed vigil. And then in one corner, there is a heavenly figure, a saint, looking kindly downwards on this, the grim scene. The paintings celebrate miraculous recoveries or escapes from seemingly inevitable death. And there's often a script written around the picture explaining the scene. A mother, perhaps, giving thanks for a son's unexpected recovery from illness when doctors had given up all hope, for example. Prayers to the saint had brought about this miracle. Carlo and Rivera were fascinated by folk art, and these little paintings on tin are a really beautiful example of it. Painted by many different local artists in rural Mexico, they span back over hundreds of years. Hundreds of years in which most people had very little control over their own lives. So it was hardly surprising then that they prayed to their God, to Jesus their Saviour, and to the many saints who they placed their faith in. Now, some of you already know the work of Matthew Fox, who began his working life as a Catholic priest. He was an outspoken critic of um, some Catholic doctrines and of the church itself, which he described as a dysfunctional family. And he eventually left Catholicism uh, and became an Episcopalian in the States. His main work has been the, the development of what is known as creation spirituality, an interfaith theological exploration combining mysticism with ecological awareness, a green theology as it's sometimes described, and one that regards God as both imminent within us and transcendent beyond all of creation. You'll hear us here speak sometimes of panentheism, a word that encapsulates a sense of oneness of all that exists and recognises that there is something else beyond all comprehension. Creation spirituality developed the idea of humanity as co-creators with all that is. So not simply God working through us, but we as expressions of the divine working with other aspects of itself. We often use the phrase here, don't we, here at Essex Church, we're in this together. If we harm any element of creation, we harm ourselves. Does that make sense to you, I wonder? Because it's a different kind of faith, isn't it? It doesn't see human lives as puppets controlled by a distant power, a God that gives or takes away life and goodness according to some divine plan. No, rather it sees life itself as a wonderfully creative gift. And we are empowered to do what we can. Empowered to live lives of love and justice and creativity. 
So our task is not to battle against nature and to shape it to our will, but rather to work with the natural world, as Grace Blindell said in that reading we heard earlier on. Active participants in the great unfolding of life here on Earth. Now we must turn from previous worldviews of humanity needing to subdue nature with all that that has brought us in mistreatment of the land and its creatures, the overuse of fertilizers and pesticides and medicines such as antibiotics, destruction of habitats, you know all this, over-reliance on fossil fuels and plastics. Now what's required now is our responsibility, our ability to respond to the crises, the environmental crises we know we're in the midst of. And then alongside responsibility, which can be quite a burden to carry, creation spirituality reminds us to be grateful, to be conscious, to stay awake, to the miracle of these lives of ours, and to keep on evolving and growing through our own creative expression of who we are. Earlier on, we heard a reading from Matt Haig's account of a deep depression that took him years to recover from. I found his list of simple aspects of life that he enjoyed once more, once his depression had left him. I found it very moving that, in truth, there is so much to celebrate in life. Yeah, haven't many of us experienced times when we cannot connect with that sense of thanksgiving? In those times, all we can hope are that there are friends to help us through. Because in the end, we each have to find our own way, forge our own way to make sense of these lives we're living, these unique aspects of existence and ourselves. That Frida, Frida Kahlo, the artist, had a relatively short and mostly painful, physically painful life dealing with the after-effects of polio in childhood and a serious bus accident in her teenage years, which left her spine permanently damaged. This current exhibition of her work is called Making Herself Up. Given the circumstances of her life, she did all that she could to establish her own identity, a self-consciously aware creativity. And isn't that what we're all doing, one way or another? Making ourselves up, living the stories of our lives, is experimenting, if you like, with the conditions we're born into and responding to the world within and around us. Today's service is, is the last of this monthly ministry theme of the arts and creativity and we'll be holding one of our regular monthly conversations later about this theme, to which you're all invited. And I really look forward to hearing how you view yourself as co-creator of your own existence. What fascinating creatures we all are. Amen. And so, in the week ahead, may you find the deep peace of creation flowing in your spirit. May your senses awake to the creative spark that lives in you. May you walk in beauty and seek to create beauty wherever you go. May you 
take the risk of discovering the holy within you and around you. And may the spirit of life bless you with courage and hope as you live creatively with others by your side. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.